Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. This gorgeous foggy day here in Seattle. Eric, how's it going? I think the fog has kind of dissipated, thankfully, and it's a little bit rainy. Uh, at least we're not in Minnesota. That's right. We like could my, be freezing my brother, our took us off, yeah. so I'll take a little rain. Yes, my brother and his family live in Minnesota, and uh, it's cold. That's what we're hearing on the news, especially. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> Maybe not the best day to take your dog for a walk. Maybe not, especially uh, in Minnesota. A great day if you're in Minnesota and it's like, you know, 16 below or whatever. Um, play some nose games inside instead. Nose games? Yeah, like uh, find it, teach your dog how to sniff. Ah, sniff for treats. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you betcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Combat that cabin fever. Good idea. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by a few wonderful partner businesses. All the best pet care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your dog and cat. You can find them online at allthebestpetcare.com to see where all of their 10 locations are around western Washington. Jet City Animal Clinic opened its doors today. Congratulations. Yes, and I stopped by this morning to check it out, and it's a wonderful space. Uh, met with Dr. Anderson, got the tour, and uh, it's just a really nicely designed, comfortable space. She's wonderful. Uh, they're right in the Capitol Hill area, really centrally located in Seattle, so you can pretty much get there from any neighborhood and uh, worth the trip to uh, to a great vet. She's wonderful. So check them out, jetcityanimalclinic.com. And we have a new partner uh, that they are actually relocating to the Seattle area almost as we speak, um, probably preparing for it anyway, calling all paws party planning, specializing in unique luxury parties for people and pets. Can't wait to talk to them. And you know how I met them? They're fans of the show. Oh, very cool. All the way from Pennsylvania. Right on. Yeah. So uh, we'll be interviewing them in February once they get out here and talking about uh, their business. Website is callingallpawspartyplanning.com. And a- uh, hopefully they have the dog talk show stickers uh, out there in Pennsylvania. I'm sure. Sporting on their car. <laughs> you know, I don't think that they do, but they certainly will once they get here. Well, very cool. Of course, yeah. they can. anybody could get a dog talk show sticker if they want, you know, regardless of where they are in the country, just yeah. by writing to you. Is that yep. Right? Host at dogradioshow.com. You can see what the dog show logo looks like on our website, dogradioshow.com. And we have these really great oval stickers that are car stickers. They're waterproof. Snowproof, waterproof, urine-proof. So. Urine-resistant. Urine-resistant, that's right. <laughs> And uh, and they're cute. You can find that out. If you'd like a car sticker or a few of them, just email me, host at dogradioshow.com. And if you would like to advertise your business on the show, that's how you can get in touch with me to find out more information about uh, having your business promoted on the dog show, host at dogradioshow.com. And don't forget to find us on Facebook as well. Search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Blowing uh, up on Facebook, I understand. Yes, blowing it up. We've... Uh, Blew past 500, and uh, we're now I've got my sights set on 1,000. So Awesome. Yep. So a uh, couple of events coming up. Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, one of my favorite events every year. We are there in a booth every year. It's so much fun. This year, March 9th and 10th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. 
SeattleDogShow.org is the website. Uh, not something that you want to bring your dog to, but it's something to come and watch all of the amazing dogs and demonstrations and agility trials and vendor booths. And it's going on all day, both days, Saturday and Sunday, March 9th and 10th, CenturyLink Field Event Center. You can find them on Facebook as well. And the website is seattledogshow.org. And one more announcement, uh, the AHELP Project, Animal Hospice, End of Life, and Palliative Care, third annual Friendship Day Open House is Saturday, February 16th from 1 to 5 p.m. at Seattle Vet Specialists in Kirkland in their education room. Uh, AHELPproject.org is the website to find out more about that. We have a very special guest today in the booth, Very probably the most special guest we've ever had her second time here Darcy Boltz the director of director and founder of Healing Allies um, who's also my wife welcome to the show thank you wonderful to have you here and uh, today we're going to talk with Darcy about the incredible work that she does with Healing Allies and also talk about just some service dog information for people um people who don't have a service dog and never plan to be partnered with a service dog but want to know more about people who do or the service dogs that they do see out and about Um, or perhaps somebody who's um, considering a service dog for themselves and especially wanting some information on what are the different ways to go about uh, being partnered with a service dog and also um, very importantly the things to look out for as well. Um, but like I said, Darcy's the founder of uh, founder and director of Healing Allies here in Seattle. That's mentalhealthdogs.org. And um, just tell us a little bit about Healing Allies and the type of service dogs uh, that you work with. Well, Healing Allies specializes in training support dogs for people with invisible disabilities. So um, our clients... Um, Some of them have post-traumatic stress disorder. We recently trained for an individual with um, Tourette's syndrome. Um, So the majority of people that we train for do have invisible disabilities. So when you say invisible disability, it's not something that is as obvious. Like if if you saw a, a guide dog for someone who's blind, it might be fairly obvious based off of the type of harness and the fact that the person is without vision, that that's a guide dog. But right. but people can have service animals for their mental health disability that may not be obvious to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're referred to as invisible disabilities. Right. Yeah. Or neurological. Tourette's mm-hmm. is, is neurological yeah. in nature. Yeah. So you, uh, Healing Allies, trains dogs um, for people with invisible disabilities. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is is a very common one mm-hmm. with your clients that may have that in addition to other mm-hmm. other Depression, disabilities. Depression, anxiety mm-hmm. usually go hand in hand with that. And it's just um, such amazing work to see, I mean, to get to know these amazing clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, to to learn about their stories and then to see the difference that a dog makes for them yeah. and to, to witness and then to get to know the dogs as individuals mm-hmm. as well. And then to witness that pairing together is uh, 
something that we've both said over the years is that it feels more like a reunion when they've met when the when the client and the dog are met have met for the first time mm-hmm. almost feels more like a reunion than than meeting for the first time it's just this like magic quality yeah. that happens it is very moving so let's start. Um, now, we've had Darcy has been on the show once before. She was on with Jean Hample, who's the president of the Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound. And Jean's been on the show uh, several times as well over the years. Jean's the president, like I said, of the Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound. And their website is assistancedogclub.org. And you can listen to any of those interviews on iTunes. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You can also listen to all of our archives on our website, dogradioshow.com. So let's start with the definition of a service dog. What is that? So uh, the definition by the ADA, and that's the Americans with Disabilities Act, and this is a revised definition, uh, dogs that are individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. So some examples might be a, a guide dog for someone who's blind, a hearing dog for someone who's deaf, who might, uh, for example, alert them if the phone rings or if the doorbell rings or if they drop their keys or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, seizure or diabetic alert, so medical alert mm-hmm. dogs, um, and then medication alert, so uh, helping people remember to take their medication by alerting to a timer. Mm-hmm. Um, buffering in crowds. This is a big one I know for people with um, anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Having that um, buffer to to the public and helping people feel more secure mm-hmm. where the dog will actually position themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, standing in line can be really challenging for people um, with PTSD. So having the dog just sit or stand behind them mm-hmm. so that they feel like nobody's going to sneak up on them. Mm-hmm. Lots of things like that. But the point is that the dog is trained to, to do work or perform tasks that directly mitigate the symptoms of the disability. Mm-hmm. So dogs, I think, m- probably most people, I would say, who live with dogs and have a really, you know, have any connection with their dog, probably feel that the dog gives them comfort anyway. Right. But that's not a service dog. Right. Service dog actually performs tasks. And the person is disabled. Right. So we, um, we're we going to actually, before we get into, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the different ways that somebody can go about being partnered with a service dog. Um, owner training, where the person trains and selects the dog themselves. We'll talk about the Uh, pros and cons of that, owner train with the help of a trainer, pros and cons of that, and then working with an organization or business, and then the pros and cons of that as well. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking more with Darcy Boltz, who is the director and founder of Healing Allies. Website is mentalhealthdogs.org. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Share your life, snuggle up in your bed, let your sweet smelling pillow ease my weary head. But your big dog was laying there, snoring loud as he pleased. I say, If I lay down with that dog, I'll get up and please. You said the dog was here first. 
Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Cornerstone Home Lending in Duval, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 27th, it's Shelter, Rescue, Sanctuary, and Anything That Helps Our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll do our regular interviews and continue our education on disaster preparedness with our animal friends in mind with Suzanne Beauregard. Plus, we'll welcome Natural Pet Pantry to our animal world family. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Are you eco-conscious? What about being humane-conscious, too? Choosing to live humanely includes buying cruelty-free products, learning where our food comes from, and how animals are treated. On Living Humane, we explore how our choices for humane living are ever-expanding. Join us next week when we'll speak with Lauren Glickman, Executive Director of the Feral Cat Spay-Neuter Project, and then we'll speak with Ben Green, local Seattle author of The Vegan Athlete. Join us Saturday at 2 p.m. on Living Humane. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. 1150kknw.com. It's why they invented the internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150. We were just jamming out to that song. I forgot to introduce Houdini, who's oh also goodness. in the booth with us today. Houdini, I apologize. Um, Houdini's so upset that he's sleeping right now on the floor. <laughs> and uh, Houdini's a Healing Allies dog who is uh, going to be placed soon mm-hmm. with with uh, with somebody. And he is, we call him the a hunk of burn and love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is a black lab and he's just magic. He is. Houdini is magic. He's this. Yeah. And is that why he's named Houdini? Because he's magic. Because <laughs> he hasn't escaped so far. No, he hasn't. <laughs> he never tries to no, escape either. He... he came with that name, and yeah. and we tried to change it, but we couldn't. It really stuck. So. Yeah. Mm. Of course, it's taken um, on various, um, you know, uh, sort of variations of Houdini. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's named after too. the '80s rapper Houdini. I'm oh, maybe probably. <laughs> we'll go with that one. So uh, we're back with Darcy Boltz, who's the director and founder of Healing Allies, Mental Health Dogs, mentalhealthdogs.org is the website. And so, you know, it's an interesting story before, you know, the thing that uh, inspired us to do the show today was 
to really give people information to both protect people and dogs mm-hmm. as they as it pertains to service dogs and the different ways that people can be matched up with a service dog or be paired up with a service dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but to let people know what to look out for, too. Yeah. Um, so before we talk about that, let's let's hear a little bit about um, how you got started in this, because your Healing Allies is going on their fifth year. Mm-hmm. And we have also been together for almost five years, <laughs> which means I've been around since the beginning. Um, and it's such a cool, it's been such an amazing evolution to witness um, you go through and and the uh, and to, to see Healing Allies go through as well. Uh, it's really been quite a transformation and it's so impressive to me where you are now and mm-hmm. your vision moving forward too. But this started, uh, how did this start? How did this idea start? Because there really, you know, five years ago, there was not the industry that there is even now for Mm -hmm. uh, service dogs for people with invisible disabilities. Yeah, there was not. Um, How I really got involved in this work is um, I was working with a client um, and I was just doing some personal coaching for him daily. And... Um, I could see what a difference my own dogs were making in his life. And I thought, gosh, I don't know whether my my coaching is more (laughs) effective or the dogs are are more effective. Um, But I could just really see him light up and change. And and so I thought, gosh, you know, Dan could really use a service dog. Um, And I'd been working with dogs professionally for for years before that. And um, and so when I searched on the internet to try to find a program for Dan, um, all I found was information about how uh, individuals could select and train their own dogs. And um, and for Dan, I knew that was not going to be the right choice. It would be too much. Mm-hmm. Um, he was having trouble getting through his day-to-day life. He didn't have experience with dogs. Even if he had, I think it would have been a very challenging um, task for him to take on. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, as a result of doing all this research and not really finding anything that I was comfortable with, um, I took, um, I took some time and, and thought about developing a program, a professional training program for people with, uh, mental health impairments. And, um, I did a lot of research and connected with a lot of great people and began this program, and it's really evolved, like you said, over the course of many years. And I've had, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to have some great mentors who have helped me along the way, um, mm-hmm. because there is really no uh, template for this sort of program when I started. Mm-hmm. I just was using what I had in terms of a mental health background, um, using what I knew about dogs, and then learning everything I could about the service dog industry. Um, And none of the programs that were reputable were offering service dogs for people with mental health issues. So Mm -hmm. I kind of worked to put everything together like a puzzle, and it's just evolved since then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the different ways that people can, or tell us more about these some of these different ways, so people can... Uh, train a dog themselves. That's mm-hmm. an option. That's an option. And uh, I think some people are 
certainly more equipped to do this mm-hmm. than others because mm-hmm. there's it's more than you know there is a lot of training that goes in mm-hmm. to training a service dog and it's ongoing mm-hmm. um, which is one of the great services that the Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound offers to the community is yeah. to help support people moving forward and that's something that you know, Healing Allies is so wonderful about as well as that ongoing support mm-hmm. for your clients. It's not just the dog is trained. There's this whole human aspect of it and mm-hmm. teaching the team how to work together. And there's so much for the person to learn and and really a lot of support that is in, in a lot of cases required in order for it to be, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a successful partnership. Right. So people can... Um, if it's appropriate, select and train a dog for themselves. Right. People can uh, select and train a dog for themselves and and have the help of a professional trainer that they work with, mm-hmm. you know, periodically. Um, and then there's the option of, uh, you know, working with an organization or business and actually having a dog trained mm-hmm. in all of the all the aspects, task trained, public access trained, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then having the person be paired with that animal who's already learned. The dog has already learned what they need to learn. And then it's a matter of sort of working with the team together. Right. So what are some of the um, benefits and risks of the first option, the owner training? Um, You know, owner training um, can work for some people. Um, And I would say the benefit. Uh, to start out with is that it's not um, it's not terribly costly. I mean the mm-hmm. um, relative in terms to of, yeah. uh, in terms of finances, right. emotional investment and yeah. time investment is a whole different thing. But um, you know it's usually comes down to paying a shelter fee or a a fee from a breeder for a dog. Um, so and then the other thing that I hear from people who do owner train and want to take that path is that, well, I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait for an organization to get, provide me with a dog. I can get a dog right away. Mm-hmm. So and that with that, though, the dog, if they go to, you know, any dog is not a service dog. No. So, I mean, if for that point, what comes up for me is, well, um you know, just going to get a dog, the dog's not a service dog Mm -hmm. until the training is complete. So they may have the dog and live with the dog, but the dog is not immediately a service dog. Mm -mm, Absolutely not. And the dog might not, chances are the dog will not meet criteria. I mean, um, and I don't mean to sound pessimistic. It's just that this is what I do every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we work to select great dogs constantly with our program and um and even when we are selecting dogs that we assess initially as great mm-hmm. um once we get farther into the assessment pro- process we could find that the dog has hip dysplasia or elbow dysplasia or you know a thyroid issue or an eye issue or or any allergies number of things allergies whatever, yeah. any number of things that could take them out of you know, service work. And so, um, so that could be a potential risk in just, you know, adopting a dog. Um, uh, the other thing too is temperament. And 
as you know, we can uh, get a great dog, and then we really don't know what's going to happen with that dog, even if it's very, very sweet, um, until we've lived with the dog for a while and have tested the dog on many, many different things. I mean, we've had wonderful dogs, you know, fail um, the evaluation process because they can't get used to, you know, different surfaces like floors so there's things like that Mm -hmm. that you would not know until later on into Mm -hmm. the evaluation process and here's the thing about about that aspect of it because I think it's such an important aspect of of this work and and of what Healing Allies does and what I've seen in your organization is you know the the purpose of this show is to equip people with information to protect people, but to also be advocates for the dogs mm-hmm. and to protect the dogs. Right. And, you know, the dogs don't get to sign up for this work. They don't. So one of the things that is so important in evaluating a dog, and if so, if you're listening and or you know someone who's interested in trying to train a dog themselves, it would be, I would imagine, a really great idea to hire a trainer, a qualified trainer who's worked with service dogs to help in the selection process. Right. Just to go help pick out a dog and 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 take, you know, to to just try to help reduce that risk of it not working out. And and then not forcing a dog who's not going to be happy in this work. Because that's such a huge part of it is that aspect of welfare and that Mm -hmm. the dog, if you could give the dog the choice, would the dog want to sign up for this? Right. Is the dog going to be happy? Right. Absolutely. So there's so much to look at in selection. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the dog going to be happy in the job? Is the dog physically fit and, you know, hips and elbows, you know, structurally sound, um, allergies, et cetera, et cetera, you know, we want the dog to be just a really, really strong individual so mm-hmm. that they're going to be comfortable right, out and about. Right. Because it's, it's, a, it's a really amazing life, and it's a lot of, it's a big life. It is a big life for a dog. Yeah. yeah. And there have been, you know, some people who have been very successful in, in owner training. I do. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's certainly... Um, certainly can be very successful for some people and it can also be really you know almost traumatizing for some people oh, as absolutely. well absolutely yeah because what happens is you know when the dog or if the dog does not work out um for you know for service work the person is left with three choices and the choice one choice is that well i'm just going to keep pushing this dog through because I need a service dog and I have this dog now. What would I do with it if it wasn't my service dog? So, And the attachment that they have, the attachment. have developed Absolutely. to the dog. And I remember, I think it was Jean that said um, service, a service dog is not a project dog. It's no. not a dog that has any sort of behavioral issue that you're trying to work them through to be a service dog. Right. Those shouldn't be there in the first place. Right, yeah. right. And so so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Darcy Boltz, who's the director and founder of Healing Allies, mentalhealthdogs.org. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, dogradioshow.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I know just what I'd like to be. 
shepherd pet of a rich brunette sitting on my mama's knee. Someone to love me, someone to care. Rub a dub a dub a little fingers through my hair and lead a dog life. Oh, what a life. Yeah, that's good enough for me. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior. Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Every generation needs a voice, and on Mondays at 2 p.m. here on Alternative Talk 1150, Lewis Howard's show, Head of the House, is the voice for the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Head of the House brings education, insight, and information that brings health and healing to the challenges of managing your home relationships and your career tune in once and you will be hooked that's head of the house every monday at 2 p.m here on alternative talk 1150 hi i'm pat Polly, and i hope you listen to my brand new radio show get active at 12 30 in the afternoon each tuesday for ideas on how you can stay fit and active and connected to our community each week We'll have a guest who knows in depth about some activity you may be interested in. We'll cover everything from working out, sports, sailing, skiing, to bridge, dancing, volunteering, you name it. Again, it's Get Active at 1230 in the afternoon each Tuesday right here at Alternative Talk 1150. Camly Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area, licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Come as you are. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. That's Houdini, the black lab, who's in the (laughs) studio. He is a hunk of burning love. He's so cute. We're back with Darcy Boltz, who is the director and founder of Healing Allies. Mentalhealthdogs.org is the website. Check it out. And uh, we were talking, we've been talking a bit about the different ways uh, to partner with a service dog, the definition of a service dog uh, given by the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. I'll read that again. Service uh, service dogs, a uh, dog that dogs that are individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. And um, we were talking a bit in the last segment about um, owner training, which is where the person who wants to partner with the service dog would actually select and train a dog themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you've missed any part of this interview or any of our over 200 episodes, you can find them all online, both on iTunes. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. 
in the audio podcast section. Uh, you can also listen to all of our shows through our website, which is dogradioshow.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually interviewed one of uh, one of your clients, Healing Allies, uh, Trina McDonald, who's yeah. a uh, Trina and Susie, and uh, that's an awesome interview. I've actually done encores of that too. You can look for that one. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked in the last segment about that owner training model, and uh, we want to go into now in this segment talking about working with an organization, right? Um, and what that should look like for people, mm-hmm. um, because all organizations or businesses are not created equally either. So just right. just because it's an organization, there are some things to look out for for right. that as well. Absolutely. Um, and and first, actually, before we go into this, I wanted to um, just um, talk, speak a little bit um, about the uh, scams that have been going on in the service dog industry, and it's it's very sad. And I've gotten a few emails from um, concerned people about um, about this. But apparently, over the years, there have been um, organizations that. Um, uh, say that they're going to provide a family or a client with a service dog. The um, the person pays for the service dog, and then once the money has been received, the uh, organization is no longer in existence. So that's really scary. Um, and so, you know, there are ways to kind of safeguard against that. Um, and sometimes bad things will just happen. But, um, but hopefully, you know as you become educated um, as a consumer about what to look for in an organization, hopefully you can avoid um, being a victim to any of these um, mm-hmm. scams or having a loved one. So so what are some things that people should, if they are, you know, looking at organizations online or, mm-hmm. or you know, getting mm-hmm. in touch with them, what are some things that they should look for? Okay. Well, um, I just want to run through... Um, the different services that different organizations um, provide. Okay. So some organizations um, provide you with a dog and help you train the dog. Um, So they would take care of the selection process. Absolutely, yeah. But then the dog's not trained. Then the dog's not trained. Okay. Um, That's risky because dogs can fail in the training process just because a dog has passed all of its, you know, Preliminary evaluations, health clearances, and everything, it does not mean the dog is not going to fail in training because that does happen. It happens. um, The more careful an organization is, I think, the higher the washout rate um, because they have higher standards. So so that can happen. So that that model is a little bit risky, although there have been people who have had a lot of success with that model. So, So something that people could ask any organization is what is the failure rate? Mm-hmm. Or do you, know, the do you have, rate? do you have, yeah. And to actually look for the organizations to say that there is one because right. that is a reality of the, of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then there are organizations that place puppies with disabled handlers. Um, and, um, with that, the idea that, that that they would like puppy raise the dog to be a service dog? No, that they would raise the dog to be their service dog. Right. Yes. Okay. So um so that's a possibility. There's risks involved in that as well because at that age a dog can't have health clearances actually. Um there's no way to screen for hip and elbow dysplasia in a puppy. Um 
and even you know the parents may have OFA certifications, but mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot when the the dog's an adult. I mean, any dog can end up with dysplasia. There are ways to minimize that risk, but but anyway, so that's a risky uh, thing as well. And dogs have different temperaments. So um, so while one dog in the litter might be a great service dog three other ones might not. So what will happen is this person gets very invested in this dog emotionally. And, uh, and then, you know, the dog is too. And it's like, Oh wait, Mm. this is not what I was, you know, thinking could happen. So that's one um, approach. But, you know, again, there's stories about those uh, organizations being successful. So, and we're just talking about, you know, generally the risks that can be involved. And we're not saying that, this never works. This never has worked. It never will work. It has worked. But there are some considerations for people because there are lots of times where it doesn't work. Right. So just in trying to prevent that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, and so then there's also organizations that will provide a partially trained dog. Right. OK. Organizations that provide provide partially trained dogs. Now, this is something that's newer. I've just uh, heard about this recently, but. Um, they provide a dog that is supposedly specially selected and trained in basic obedience, potentially public access, but not trained in any task performance or anything like that. Okay. So the task training is left up to the, the handler. And what is a task? A task is something that the dog does for the person that it constitute as, constitutes as work. That's, so That's really the distinction of a service right. dog is is the tasks right yeah the and, tasks and uh, you know uh, public access training and things like yeah. that but that all has to I mean those things all have to happen for the dog to right be considered a service dog so um, so then there's organizations that will provide a fully trained service dog tasks and public access sure. and all that mm-hmm. but then a very minimal training for the person right. Very minimal follow-up support. Um, you know, maybe a, a week of team training once the dog has finished training and the person and the dog are matched. But then after that, um, there is um, not a lot offered in the way of support throughout the lifetime of the dog or, um, you know, or, you know, even immediately after the placement. So that can be that can be challenging. That can leave people... Um, kind of in a, a situation where um, they're not getting the support that they need. It's not fair to them. Yeah. It's not fair to the dogs. So. And then there's organizations that provide fully trained dogs, extensive team training um, f- over a long period of, I mean, ongoing support mm-hmm. for the life of the dog. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's where Healing Allies falls. Right. Is in that, uh, in that um, you know, for the life of the dog, support. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, you know, things change or things changed. Yeah. I, you know, in um, in in mental health, um, things are things kind of wax and wane. People can have um, a period of time where they're, you know, potentially asymptomatic and then they go through another period where things are different. You know, symptoms are different and mm-hmm. life gets more challenging. And a lot of times for our clients, they haven't been working or going to school before they got their service dog and now they're transitioning into working and going to school and it's a whole new thing for them. Some of our clients, you know, we have clients who have not 
before they got their service dog. They had not been out of the house literally yeah. in like 10 years. So, yeah. so life changes and, um, and we're really here to support them through all of life's changes and in, in, into the dog's retirement. Yeah. Um, so some good ways that people can assess an organization. You have kind of three main things that are um, that you've bulleted out um, as far as a, a way to sort of judge the depth of the organization. Right. Um, one is the application process. Yeah. How extensive is the application process? And mm-hmm. I know I've heard you um communicate your surprise at how easy it is for um for people to just get a dog um you know and i think it's not not just for mental health but i think potentially especially for mental health where sometimes it's not appropriate i mean you know we're really part of the organization is to be an advocate for the dog in general um in the ways that we talked about before but um, how extensive is the application process? How much support does the organization provide the handlers after they've received the dog? Mm-hmm. We just talked about that. And then uh, what is the organization's protocol for selecting dogs, mm-hmm. training dogs, and uh, you know what sorts of health clearances must the dogs in the program have? Right. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back talking more with Darcy Boltz, who's the director and founder of Healing Allies. Mentalhealthdogs.org is the website. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. For more than 25 years, All the Best Pet Care has been helping people choose the best foods, treats, and toys for their dogs and cats. They are a locally owned family business bringing about little miracles every day by following the Mother Nature model of nutrition. Stop by to meet their adoption cats, schedule an anesthesia-free dental cleaning, or bring your dog to the toy testing area. Visit their new store in Edmonds next to the PCC and their expanded Redmond store in the Whole Foods Plaza. To learn more, go to allthebestpetcare.com or follow them on Facebook. Who is Jopra? What is Jopra? When is Jopra? Joe Janot is the host of a brand new show called Jopra. Joe has been nicknamed Jopra by his friends and colleagues who find his advice and insight to be enlightening, just like a certain other talk show host of World Without. Born and raised in Seattle, independent-minded Joe Janot is bringing issues to the airwaves that make you ponder, laugh, and deliberate. The Jopra Show is about the ins and outs of food and drink, relationships, entertainment, and so much more. Get to know Jopra every Thursday at 2, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition every Friday at noon. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog. 
thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist www.sensitivedog.com Independent programs, independent voices, independent ideas. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I love my dog as much as I love you. For you may fade, my dog will always come through. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We're back with Darcy Boltz, who's the director and founder of Healing Allies. Mentalhealthdogs.org is the website. And uh, so we were talking about some different uh, things for people to uh, consider as they, if they are looking at going through an organization mm-hmm. um, to kind of gauge. So mm-hmm. what are, I went through them briefly before the break. Okay. But. Okay. I'll go over these uh, quickly um, since we're running out of time here. Um, but you know, what I tell people is that the uh, responsibility of the organization should be to shoulder the risks involved in attaining a service dog for you as the recipient. So um, with Healing Allies, it's our job to make sure that when you get your service dog, it's past all of its health clearances. It's going to be a great service dog for you for years to come. They're shouldn't be any risk involved in like, is the dog going to be dysplastic or, you know, is it not going to work? You know, we shoulder those risks for you. And that's what an organization should do. Um, That's why people wait for a long time to get a service dog from an organization. That's why some people pay um, because they do not want to shoulder those risks because it's too scary to, um, to imagine being partnered with a dog that's your lifeline and it not, you know, it not working out. Mm -hmm. So um, the first thing that you want to look at is the application process that the organization asks you to engage in. If the application process is minimal, like, for example, you can, you know, fill out an application online and be accepted or denied in a matter of a day without them asking for more information or getting to know you more um, through conversation and in all different ways than there, I would say that they're not very concerned about where their dogs go and who they're placed with. It's really important that they get to know you as well. If they're not concerned about that, then I don't have, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in the quality of the training and selection that their yeah. dogs go through. Yeah. Um, so that's something to consider. Another thing to consider is, um, how much support you receive afterwards. So asking the organization, we touched on this, what, what, support will you offer me afterwards as I go through life changes when my dog needs to retire when I have questions about access are you going to be there for me yeah um that's important um and then asking what their protocol is for selecting dogs in terms of health clearances temperament and also the rigor of the training program if the training program that a dog goes through is two months I would say that that's not enough. Yeah, service dogs are very highly trained, or they should be very highly trained. They go should go through hundreds of hours of training. Um, so, so those are things to to look at when you're assessing an organization. Um, it's you know, regardless of whether it's a nonprofit organization or a business, 
that you're purchasing a dog from, this is a long-term commitment. So even if you're getting a dog for free or discount through a nonprofit, still ask the same questions because this is your life mm-hmm. for the next many years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great information. Um, and so let's talk about some of your stories, some of mm. your success stories. Some of my success um, stories. It's, it's so cool. I mean, it's so profound. Yeah. The, the difference when it does work that a dog can make for somebody. So, um, so Trina, I, like I mentioned, um, is, uh, I've interviewed on the show, um, and you can listen to that interview, Trina McDonald and her dog, Susie, they're actually in a documentary, Mm -hmm. Invisible War, talking about military sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible documentary. Right. Tell us about um, some other of the dogs that you've placed and what they've done for their partners. Okay. Well, I'll talk about um, recent placements. Um, so we, uh, last year, placed a dog named Felix with a young man who has Asperger's um, syndrome. He's very high-functioning. However, he does have Asperger's and extreme anxiety, um, which is a function of having Asperger's. It's a sensory processing disorder, and um, environments and stimuli can be very overwhelming. So um, anyway, Felix has just changed this young man's life. I get emails from his parents regularly saying, oh, my gosh, Darcy, the improvements that our son has made are just astounding. We cannot believe this. Um, he's attending school. Felix goes to school with him. I am in contact with his teacher. His teacher keeps me posted on how Felix is doing. And it's just like amazing. It's just amazing and so rewarding. Um, and to clarify too, this young man is over 18. He is. He is. Yeah, he is. And he's, um, he's still in a high school actually, because he's just a few years behind. Um, so. And what did he say about. Felix, how he feels about Felix. Well, he, he always tells me, he's like, Darcy, there's nothing I can't do without Felix <laughs> by my side. Are you kidding me? I have Felix, you know? Yeah. So it's just he uh, has a very different perspective on life now and yeah. his life for years to come. He's so empowered, it sounds. He's empowered yeah. and he can plan differently. Yeah. Um, so. Very cool. That's one story. And what about Ben. Oh, Ben. Um, Ben is a Labrador retriever who actually lives in Kansas with his handler. And uh, his handler has post-traumatic stress disorder um, pretty severely. And um, and she is just amazing. And uh, Ben has made such a difference in her life as well. They've been teamed up for about six months now. And um, I was talking to his handler over Christmas to to check in and see how she was doing around the holidays. And she said, you know, Darcy, this is the first Christmas that I have not been in the hospital in years. Mm. I'm able to be with my family. And um, she was hospitalized frequently because of, um, you know, because she was sick. Mm -hmm. And so... She has just brought an incredible amount of stability into her life, and she is also doing things that she was not able to do before. And when, um, you know, to people with really severe mental, uh, with people with really severe mental impairments, going to the store is hard. That's something that uh, a lot of us take for granted, but I hear from so many clients 
I go to the store at 2 a.m. in the morning because there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. So um, Ben's handler has, you know, she's experienced so many benefits. But, you know, the things that we take for granted, like going to the store, going to family functions, going to events, all of those things she's now able to do with Ben. And it doesn't mean that they're easy, but she can do them. Mm -hmm. And they're getting easier. And how about Owen? Owen. Um. <laughs> the energy changes when you start talking about dogs. <laughs> um, Owen is um, an English Labrador retriever, yellow, yellow sweet boy. And he, uh, we placed him with a woman who has Tourette syndrome. And this woman is an amazing individual. She is a, a special education teacher. She's actually finishing up her master's degree in special education. Um, and she has... Tourette syndrome, and it's very severe. And um, and going out into public was so challenging for her because people would point mm. and laugh. Mm. And oftentimes people with Tourette's are um, labeled as, you know, crazy when really it's a, a neurological disorder. Mm. It's not... She has anxiety as a function mm. of living with this, but it's not... Um, it's not you know her her Tourette's is is uh is something that is um neurological in nature so i guess similar to um epilepsy or something like that i mean it looks very different but anyway mm-hmm. you know being out and about is very painful for her and uh one thing that i remember her saying um in team training and this always chokes me up but she's we were in a restaurant and she said well she said this is the first time that um people have been pointing at my dog and not me mm. and um gosh it was just uh it was just it it's just amazing so of course you know um Owen does provide that support for her but also in um you know and other he's trained in to do a uh, many tasks for her that she's finding mm-hmm. incredibly life-changing and now she's wondering why it took so long for mm-hmm. her to get a dog but she also couldn't find an organization who would do it for her yeah um which is you know which is why we were as soon as I talked to Catherine I knew that we could help her and uh and so we did yeah um well it's such such powerful work there is a lot to it um you know, as we talked about just a little bit of it, really, in today's show, yeah. um, there's really so much to it and um, and so much to look out for. If you've missed any any part of this episode, you can find it archived on iTunes. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And you can also listen to all of our um, episodes archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. If you would like a car sticker, I'll send you one happily for free. Just email me, host at dogradioshow.com. And if you're interested in advertising your business, uh, pet-related or not, get in touch, host at dogradioshow.com. Thanks so much for your time today, uh, you and Houdini being on the show. Mm, You're welcome. It was great to be here. Sharing what you know. And again, that uh, local organization is the Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound, assistancedogclub.org, and you can find Healing Allies online at mentalhealthdogs.org.